It is Chas Teves, Tavshin Pei Gimel, the 8th of the month of Teves, 5783, here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. And here at Inyana Diyom, we will be looking at some connections between our Parshios and the Parak of Nadarim that we just entered, which is Narahama Orasa, the laws of the Nadarim of a young betrothed girl. She has just basically reached the cusp of adulthood, and she is still in her father's household, but she is also partially married. And the Mishnayas and the Gemara here discusses what is the status of her nadarim and how they can be annulled um, through the combination of her new husband, her chassan, and of course her father. And the Gemara discusses these on Daf Samach Vav, which we just learned this past Erev Shabbos. And today's Daf was Samach Ches, so we're looking at 66 and 68. And the connection between this particular parsha of the Torah namely the Parsha of Nadar in the beginning of Parshas Matos, um, is very much connected to an important sugya that we find with regards to Parshios Vayigash and Vayichi, a sugya which can be referred to as Machshavas Achet, namely the intention of doing an Aveira, and whether or not Machshava is Mitztarif Lamaisa. In other words, whether or not we assume that the intention to do an Aveira is considered to be as liable, or at least on any level liable, as if someone were to actually have done the action. So perhaps someone committed an action, and that action they thought was an Avera, turns out that it wasn't an Avera due to whatever the circumstance. And of course, the Parsha of Ndarim discusses the circumstance of a woman who commits an act which is ostensibly in violation of her own neder, but unbeknownst to her, the nether was already nullified, and so the action, turns out, was not Navera. So the Chumash um, has a cryptic statement about the status of that action, Hashem Yislachla, that Hashem will forgive her. The question is, what is the implication? The fact that Hashem will forgive her, is that to say that she otherwise would have been obligated, and therefore she has to achieve some kind of kapara, some kind of teshuva, for the fact that she thought that she did the Avera, and she is merely just exempt from any actual carbon. So that is a discussion there. But as it pertains to our Parsha HaShavua, our Parshios, with regarding Yosef and his brothers, so my Rebbe, Rav Yonason Sachs, writes at length um, in his Sefer Yomimi Kadim on Parsha, um, or regarding the Sugya, the comment of the Orachayim, in response to Yosef's response to his brothers, both in Vayigash and in Vayechi. Last week's parsha is Vayigash, where Yosef says that even though you were machshev, you had the intentions of perhaps doing harm to me, but Hashem had a good reason for sending me down here ultimately so that I can support you and the family. And Yosef repeats similar sentiments in Parshas Vayechi when the brothers are concerned that Yosef is going to harbor some kind of vengeance, um, some, a grudge and vengeance against them. So Yosef says that I'm not in Hashem's place and Hashem intended for good. That which you thought was for evil, Hashem intended it for good. The Archaim comments that from these words we see that the, the that uh, Yosef's brothers, the Shiftei Kad, they were completely absolved even min Hashemayim, even in the Olam Emes, even in Hashem's book, besides for in Yosef's book, whether or not, so Yosef would not harbor anything. But even in Shemayim, the brothers would not be liable. The question is what to do with what the Gemara says in Nazir on Daf Chav Gimel and Kedushin on Daf Pei Aleph. In this Gemara, these Gemaras are really the link between our Parsha and the Parsha of Nadarim. Namely, the 
fact that the Torah says Vahashem Yislachla regarding the Mara Hamarasa who violates her neder, or at least she thinks she violated her neder, she thinks she engaged in the act that she said she would not, even though the neder had been previously nullified, the implication, say Chazal, is that really she requires some kind of kapara. Maybe not through a carbon, maybe she won't get malchus, but she still has to do tshuva. And if that's so, how do we understand this Arachayim? So my Rebbe brings several Achronim who comment on the Arachayim who suggest different explanations as to how it could be that the brothers would be completely, entirely absolved, even, uh, even Mishamayim, from their act of Mechiras Yosef. The Klei Chemda um, comments on the Arachayim, and he explains that there's a basic difference between Averis that are committed Ben Adam Lamakom versus Ben Adam Lachavero, such that when it comes to Ben Adam Lamakom, there, the Machshava for the Avera, there, there's a problem because well, there's no real act that you can do that's against Hashem that you can't really accomplish through a machshava as well. The point being that Hashem sees your machshavas. People don't see your machshavas, but Hashem sees your machshava lara. And therefore, if you have that machshava, then you need an atonement for it. Whereas when you sin against a person, the essence of the avera is the maisa that you do against the person, the actual action. Meaning, if you didn't do the action, so you're not in need of any in need of any kapara. And when it came to Mechiras Yosef, even though obviously they engaged in the action, but we see that the action was Latov, meaning that Hashem made it so that the action of Mechiras Yosef was for a good thing, so there was no Maisa of Avera at that point. And the Machshava, even though the Machshava was evil, but that was only Ben Adam Lachavero, and therefore the Machshava doesn't count. A Machshava Ra against another person is not in need of a kapara. There's another answer that's brought down by the Pardes Yosef. The Pardes Yosef explains that the only time you're in need of kapara for a machshavara is if, in fact, an avera was intended. When the narahama orasa violates her neder, so the assumption is she did an action knowing that this was against what was once her neder. Whereas Yosef's brothers, his half-brothers, when they committed the act of mecheras Yosef, the truth is that they paskin that this was the appropriate action to do, and they did not intend to do an avera. They intended to do what they believed was actually the right thing. So in that case, there would be no avera to be a mechaper for. The Berchus Shmuel suggests one more answer that um, that explains an interesting chiddush when it comes to the avera of kidnapping another person, which was ostensibly what the what the brothers did to Yosef. So there, the Berchus Shmuel explains that based on Adrasha, he says that really gonev achiv, someone who kidnaps his brother, is actually pater. That when the Torah um, made one obligated for the Avera of kidnapping someone that did not apply to someone who kidnaps his own siblings. Um, now, the Pashup shot of the Drush and the Gemara is referring to someone who kidnaps his own child. Now, obviously, I wouldn't try it, you shouldn't do it, but the Halachas is the Berchus Shmuel, Gonev um, Achiv, someone who kidnaps his brother, is actually Pater. Now, Merebi just points out um, that um, this does pose a problem for that which we say in the Asar Harugi Machas and Eila Ezkara and Musaf on Yom Kippur, um, but when we're doing the avoda, we have the piece that talks about um, the Sarah Haruge Malchus, and their punishment is attributed to the Mechiras Yosef, where there the Paitan clearly writes that there was an issue with the kidnap of Yosef. So Rebbe just brings from the Yerushalmi that the Yerushalmi might actually have a different gear, so which would suggest that kidnap for a brother is obligated. And this would obviously have to go against the Berchas Shmuel. 
um, the, 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 based on the piyot that we say, lemaisa, so based on what we say in our Masaf and Yom Kippur, this wouldn't actually work out as well. But those are some of the different suggestions to explain how it could be, like the Orachayim says, that the brothers are completely absolved from any kind of, of need of kapara, even mishamayim. While we are still here, I'll give a couple of shout-outs to some recent connections in Dafyomi Yerushalmi, in the world of Dafyomi Yerushalmi, um, in Brachos, in the Oz Bahadur edition of Brachos. So, um, Daf Mem Gimel 43 in Brachos, um, which is in, um, it's, it's in the fourth parak in Halacha Aleph. There, it coincided with Zos Chanukah, and on Zos Chanukah, the Gemara there had a statement about Malchus Yevon and described a miracle regarding the Karbanas Tamid. And, um, and so, of course, Malchus Yevon is the center of the Gullus, which we celebrate our, our victory over them on Hanukkah. So that coincided with Zos Hanukkah. And also, um, a connection that goes to this week's Parsha. So earlier today, um, the Daf, in, um, or I should say yesterday's Daf in Yerushalmi, Barachos, was Daf Menches 48, which was four four, so again on the fourth parak, and uh, it was halacha um, halacha dalid, and there the Gemara is discussing the source for the eighteen brachos of Shimon Esrei, and very very interestingly, the Gemara there suggests one approach, one opinion that perhaps you're not familiar with. Rabbi Chanina B'Shem, Rabbi Pinchas, um, he says, Keneged Shmona Esrei Pa'amim She'avos K'suvim that the 18 brachas of Shmona Esrei are actually Keneged, the 18 references to the Avos, the names of the Avos that appear in the Torah. And we know that there is one opinion out there that Tefillah itself is Keneged the Avos, so that would make sense. And I didn't go through the Chumash to do a count of all the references to the Avos. However, the Gemara does anticipate a question um, that regarding Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, it says, in Yomar Lachadim, if someone says Tishasrei, so if someone says that really there are 18 references to the Avos, so it gives an example um, where Pasuk says that Hashem was standing over him, right, in Bereshis, in Chaf Gimel Yud Gimel, um, where it says was standing over him, so that pronoun him um, does not count as a reference to the Avos. It has to be a little bit more explicit. And then the Gemara counters, let's say, in Yomar Lach Adam Shivasrehein, if someone says, no, look really closely, they're really only 17, Emar Lo, you should say to him, V'yikari behem shimi, v'shem avosai, avram v'yitzchak minahon. So he says, you count the Pasuk from this week's Parsha of Hamalach Ago Elosi, which says, V'yikari behem shimi, you should call on them my name, and the name of my father's Avram and Yitzchak. So there, the reference to Yaakov is only implicit. Right, Yaakov, it's, it's only based on a pronoun. Yaakov says, call them by my name and the names of Avraham and Yitzchak. So that Shemi, that is included in the count. So some might ask the question, how come the pronoun him doesn't count as a reference to any of the Avos? But here where Yaakov says my name and he doesn't explicitly say his name Yaakov, so how come that makes it into the equation? And you could perhaps suggest that since Yaakov is pairing it with actual explicit names of the other Avos, he says, "V'karibem shimi b'shem avasei Avraham v'Yitzchak." The fact that he mentions Avraham and Yitzchak, so that's evidence that the three avos belong here in the set. But anyway, we have a reference right in our parsha this week in the Daf Yomi Yerushalmi and Brachos Memches, which is pretty pretty cool. Mishkach Pratis.
And although the shir at this point is at its end, I want to dedicate it. Billy Her neshem should have an aliyah. And of course, if you enjoyed the shir and others like it on the podcast, and you want to partner up with us here with the sponsorship, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the database podcast WhatsApp group for frequent updates and links for every uploaded shir, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase@gmail.com. That's the data then base b e i s at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and continue to tune in, to be attuned and in-tuned to these incredible Yana Diomi. Thank you for joining us here at the database.